Welcome back to another edition of the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. It's me, Len Testa, and this is our show for the week of Schmerz Day, September 26th, 2022. On the show today, news and listener questions. Then in our main segment, Jim tells us about how the parks closed this week, back in 2004, ahead of Hurricane Jean. And that's from someone who's getting on the Disney Wish tomorrow in the Caribbean with me. Way to tempt the gods. What could possibly go wrong, Jim? Let's get started by bringing in the man who says that when people tell you to use your brain, respond with, you mean the brain that tells me to touch a cactus every time I see one? It's Mr. Jim Hill. Jim, how's it going? And why do so many people have succulents? <laughs> it's like literally, oh, meet my wonderful pet porcupine. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And it's, it is it is the thing where it's like, is this a hard spike? Is it a soft spike? And some of those cactuses have spikes that actually detach and stick in your skin. But you don't know, Jim, until you touch. Learn by doing. That's what I always say. There we go. And, and that's why I can't <laughs> use my left hand. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. All right, let's do a quick shout out to subscribers over at DisneyDish.Bandcamp.com. Thanks to new subscribers, Chris Miller, Scott Walker 88, JS Bell 4, and Joran Thornton. And longtime subscribers, Mint Zella, Thomas Reed Wiley, and Michaela Sande. All subscribers since 2015. I didn't think, Jim, the Catholic Church prescribed penances that long, but here we are. Jim, these are the Disney Imagineers trying to turn the inflatable kites from the soon-to-close Animal Kingdom show Kite Tales into helium-filled passenger-carrying replacements for the Magical Express shuttle service. They say it's feasible as long as Baloo stops forgetting where he's going and heads off to lunch instead. True story. Just when we thought that traveling on 528 wouldn't get any more interesting. It's like, it, oh. it does avoid traffic, and it's not helicopters. Just saying. Cool. All right. <laughs> All right, Jim, let's do the news. Folks, the Disney Dish News is brought to you by Storybook Destinations, trusted travel partner of the Disney Dish podcast. For a worry-free travel experience every time, book online at storybookdestinations.com. Jim, I would like to start off with some culinary news, if I may. And that news is that I have discovered the single best thing to come out of Disney World's 50th anniversary, the chocolate pyramid dessert at the San Angel Inn in Epcot's Mexico Pavilion. Really? Okay. Yes. Jim, this is a 10-inch tall chocolate shell replica of Mexico's pyramid. And Mm. inside the chocolate shell is chocolate ganache. It all sits on a pedestal of Mexican cinnamon sugar sponge cake, and it's surrounded by scoops of vanilla ice cream topped with caramel sauce and chocolate chunks. And in the vanilla scoops, Jim, Mm. are placed flaming sparklers because all food is better with fire. And this is a relatively new add to the menu? It's actually been there forever, but um, I was having pre-cruise drinks with our Mm. friends uh, who were going to be on the cruise, Mm. uh, Zach and Becca, and Mm. they said, have you tried this? Mm -hmm. And I said, no, but then I texted Christina and she's Mm. like, oh yeah, this is the most amazing thing that Disney's done for the 50th. Mm -hmm. She said the chocolate artist who made it is one of the best in the world. He's a visionary. Mm -hmm. He is to desserts what La Cava is to tequila. Six kinds of chocolate go into these things with five different tempering processes and nothing else is close to this. So last night, I made a special trip over to Sun and Gel with my friends Jeremy and Justin just to try it. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask what it cost, Jim, and I don't care, frankly. <laughs> it was that good. <laughs> wow. Well, Nancy, who is a chocolate enthusiast, we will have to put this on our radar. They say it serves four. Mm-hmm. And Jim, the only four-person team that I think that could finish that much ice cream mm-hmm. are the four actors from the cast of Bonanza. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
<laughs> there is there are no regular size four person groups who can eat that but we attempted to share it with the t- with t- both tables on okay. either side of us it was all that right. big all right well i'll put in a call to haas <laughs> exactly exactly we'll see if we can get something going <laughs> in other dining news uh character breakfasts are returning to the magic kingdom's crystal palace mm-hmm. so Pooh, piglet and other friends from the hundred acre wood will be available for photos and autographs starting October 25th, and reservations are available now if you wanted to book them. That opening date is pushed back a little over a month, I think, because it was originally supposed to be September 20th. So there's still a tiny chance of delay. Jim, mm-hmm. I think uh, getting characters back to Crystal Palace mm-hmm. has to be a huge priority for Disney's food and bev team. If you look at the unofficial guide's guest satisfaction ratings for Crystal Palace, mm-hmm. Over the last three months, it's 78%. Oh. And so the average is like 88, 89%. But 78% is actually the number at which we tell people don't mm-hmm. visit this restaurant. Mm-hmm. But when Crystal Palace had characters, guest satisfaction jumps a full 10 points to 88%. Again, mm-hmm. that's average mm-hmm. as far as sit down restaurants go in Multistream World. But the important thing is that people accept the value proposition mm-hmm. when there are characters. So, like nearly nine in 10 people. Say they'd do it again. What are your What are your thoughts on this? From a waitstaff point of view, this was one of the most highly sought positions on Disney property because of given how often tables turn at the Crystal Palace and everybody came and filled the table. So you did very well there as a member of the waitstaff. Yeah, I think I think I told you the story of the the first day of reopening, so July of 2020, mm-hmm. when I went to be our guest, mm-hmm. and our server had spent her entire nearly 40 year career with Disney mm-hmm. at Crystal Palace. Yeah, yeah. So they, I mean, the staff just stays. Mm-hmm. No, 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 absolutely. If you lend that gig, you keep that gig. So it'll be interesting to see who's there now you know because mm-hmm. yeah. basic you know they scattered them all over property yeah i'm sure they're coming back but that opens up opportunities elsewhere too and i mean if you know if you leave mm-hmm. be our guest which is a fairly high priced thing and you go to crystal palace which is probably similarly priced mm-hmm. you know you get a little bit more turnover it's not as much back and forth so you can serve more tables oh, but absolutely. the people coming in to replace you at be our guest are getting a pretty high paid gig yeah. as well because you know, 20% on a mandatory, what, $72 oh, yeah. fixed price menu. I mean, that's a chunk of change, right? No, and no. multiply it by a family of four, mm-hmm. you're making decent money there. No, absolutely. But a win-win that they yeah. open this up and, you know, they'll see their, their scores shoot up. And I guess the only people to feel bad for are the friends of Pooh who have to make their way through that tightly packed restaurant. And I was watching the video the other day of them doing their parade through the restaurant. And it's just sort of mm-hmm. like, that's easy to do at a press event when every other table's filled. But yeah. when there are dozens of little kids under feet who you know are high on sugar, because it's like, who's here? <laughs> that can get challenging. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, then it becomes more difficult, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so let's do a couple of listener questions. Uh, this one's from Pete. This is based on the D23 speculation of a villains-themed mm-hmm. land in the Magic Kingdom. So Pete says, what villains would you pick rides for? And what type? If Disney gets smart and either does an expansion in Magic Kingdom or adds Villain's Land somewhere else, I think a Zima's Lair roller coaster with Kronk mm-hmm. would be hysterical. P.S. If the current head of Disney Parks ever approves a Tomorrowland expansion, I ask everyone to join me in forever referring to it as a great big beautiful tomorrow. <laughs> Pete, that is, that is one of the best comments we've ever got. <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right. 
So the main thing, Jim, that I like about a villain's land is that mm-hmm. it's adaptable, um, which means you can update it without spending $100 million on your ride. I mean, if you need rides based on classic villains, whether mm-hmm. it's Pete's Idea, which I love from Emperor's New Groove, or it's a jukebox style review, like you know some version of the great movie Villains Ride, mm-hmm. fine. But imagine a restaurant where the waitstaff are the minions of whatever villains are the most popular right now. And the menu items are customized the same way, right? Same, same thing with the character greetings. You can do a small space like the one Merida uses. Mm-hmm. And within a month or maybe three months, if you use the Tron team, mm-hmm. um, the, the entire, you can redo the entire space to whatever movie is the most popular mm-hmm. and stick that villain in there. So I really think this is flexible. What do you think? What intrigued me most about, you know, again, Jennifer Lee standing on stage talking about these projects is she said one of the things going into this was that they were looking to get the films of the past decade in the parks. Mm-hmm. Right. And But at the same time, I think when, when we look at the Disney villains brand, I mean, you know, they, in fact, during the actual presentation at the D23 Expo, they literally used the moment where Maleficent transforms into the dragon from Sleeping Beauty. So it's a deep bench, Len, and I think... You're not wrong in that, you know, this is going to be one of those situations where people are going to want to encounter as many villains as possible. So it's like, okay, so how do you mix that up? Who warrants a ride? Who warrants a meet and greet? Who would be in a stage show? And I think, I think if, the, if the villains are 10 years old, mm-hmm. you would have a decent uh, amount of time to compare them to the classic vil- villains to see who mm-hmm. fits in, right? Mm-hmm. And then the newer villains, you could do like the restaurant idea, the meet and greet idea, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that to sort of test them out and mm-hmm. see which kinds of ideas work. I wonder if we are going to see, again, your villain's restaurant idea, if, if somebody will decide to let Mother Gothel loose in that space. Because oh, Mother Gothel's the one who walked around and said, ooh, looking kind of chubby, which probably <laughs> wouldn't move a lot of the chocolate pyramids, Len. You know, it's just sort of like... It's true. It's true. So there, there are some constraints. You're right. So maybe a little bit more thought is needed here. There we go. All right. Here's a letter from Alex. He says, uh, maybe it's because Disney's emphasizing Disney Plus, mm-hmm. but I just got a survey about it. And at the beginning of the survey, we had general questions about the Disney Plus service and then a one to 10 rating and some questions about all the brands represented with different series and content. And then Alex sent along some screen caps of this. Said, I'm a 37 year old male, Alex says, who enjoys older Disney content. And I was raised on both animation and live-action Disney movies from the 60s and 70s. They had a few blank spaces in the survey about adding what shows you would enjoy that aren't currently on Disney+. And here's what I replied. Mm-hmm. I would appreciate more new series, Alex says, mm-hmm. that are all ages and adult-friendly. Aside from the Disney movies I enjoy, there's little regular content for adults. Please give us a series of skits that mash up Disney, Star Wars, or Marvel stories with an all-Muppets cast. Or recordings of vintage, mm. wonderful world of color slash Disney TV specials. I remember watching Vault Disney on the Disney Channel and loving the old shows. Or high quality recordings of vintage Disneyland and other theme park retired nighttime shows and spectaculars. As an example, the original Fantasmic or the original Main Street Parades. Have a great day. I love the show. So I love these ideas, especially the Muppets Star Wars Marvel mashups. I mean, imagine those, Jim, as like eight minute shorts, which, by the way, they've tried to do with the Muppets, right? But sort of like, the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse shorts mm-hmm. because that you're able to test the ideas and not for nothing. Mm-hmm. Those Mickey Mouse shorts led 
to Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. They did. Which will be in both Disneyland and Walt Disney World soon, right? They did. Now, mind you, the Mayhem series that's about to debut on Disney+. Plus. In fact, the gimmick is that the Electric Mayhem, after having toured for decades is finally mm-hmm. doing their first in-studio album and it's and and it, it's just the notion of dropping those characters in the really feel wor- world of today's music and social yeah. media and and dealing with performers today but at the same time trying to wrangle them into recording 10 songs for this album and you thought getting van halen back together was tough no okay. that's it exactly you know animals off the leash again that's kind of the problem right now with the muppets that they had the full attention of the Disney company, but let's be honest here, between Marvel and Pixar and, and Lucasfilm and, and the Muppets, it's still, it's, it's kind of sputtering. But to get back to the suggestions of the, the listener made, there's been some discussion about the, the Vault Disney stuff, but coming down from really high, like the corner office at Disney, the feeling is that's the old stuff. Yes, we will get around to that eventually, but... There's, like, tremendous pressure. I mean, they spent, what, $74 billion to acquire the Fox Home Library, which yeah. if you, you thought the Disney Film Library is being underutilized, let me introduce you to the Fox Film Library. Yeah, it's just a matter of where do they begin, right? That's it, exactly. That's it, exactly. So I'm, I'm still kind of surprised that the wonderful world of color isn't yet on Disney+, Plus because you would guess, and this is just a ballpark thing, mm-hmm. I don't know, mm-hmm. that half the people... Who subscribe the domestic subscribers of Disney Plus mm-hmm. are also theme park fans and fans of Walt and would love to see this stuff. And it's already been paid for. No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But the thinking in in house is okay, Marvel is doing great and, and Star Wars is finally doing what it's supposed to. And yeah. it's oh, oh yeah, the Muppets. So um yeah. so. Well, I mean the good news is, you know, from a from a content perspective for Alex, our mm-hmm. listener, is that it's true about Disney Plus which somebody once said about CNN when it came out. And that is you have to fill 24 hours of news cycle Mm -hmm. with news, whether there's news or not. Right. So they need 24 hours of something, right. Mm -hmm. And Disney plus needs something Mm -hmm. no matter what. So eventually they'll get around to it. I think. There we go. That's the the one saving grace. Yeah. So don't give up hope Alex. I, uh, Mm -hmm. I'm with you on this. Okay. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we return, Jim tells us about how the parks prepared for hurricane Jean back in Mm -hmm. 2004. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. 
Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Jim. A relevant topic for what we're doing here. <laughs> yes, yes. Again, you know, we, we are headed out on the water shortly, Mr. Testa. So again, you reviewed your literature sent by the Disney Cruise Line, right? You, you, you made your offering to King Triton, or at the very <laughs> least went out and bought a lot of Little Mermaid plush. <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, uh, I was very careful, Jim, to ensure that the shrimp I had at Sebastian's for dinner the other night were not close personal friends of King Triton. There we go. Who knows if that worked? Well, we'll see. And I bring this up, folks, because I'm concerned. I mean, we literally just missed Hurricane Fiona, which is now in the Western Atlantic. Tropical Storm Gaston is swirling somewhere out there in the Central Atlantic. And have you heard about this storm that's tracking now to attack the Gulf of Mexico next week? The people at the Weather Channel are already using the word monster, Len. Going back to my um, uh, Emperor's Groove uh, mm. reference from earlier, bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, again, yes, our cruise is scheduled to set sail, and we we don't need to deal with what Walt Disney World guests dealt with 18 years ago today, which was when all four Disney World theme parks shut down for the day due to Hurricane Jean. Now, if you bring up the 2004 hurricane season to Disney fans, you can literally watch them squirm because this was the first year. I mean, the park obviously had been open since 71. They only began closing the parks for hurricanes. What was that, 85 with, with Hurricane... F oh, excuse me. No, September of 99 with Hurricane Floyd. Where, Len, for the 2004 hurricane season, the parks either partially or completely closed three times. There was Hurricane Charlie, which came August 13th, 2004. And that morning, they just didn't open Animal Kingdom because it was one of these things where it's like, okay, we have to get all of the animals who were on exhibit backstage to the barn. So it, it just makes no sense to open this park at all that day. But whereas the other three Disney parks, you know, it were open till noon and then they sort of shoot everybody, you know, out and the parks officially closed at one. On the other hand, the storm that followed this, Hurricane Francis, that was the most extensive hurricane-related closure ever done in the Disney Parks histories. All four parks were closed on September 4th and 5th. And in fact, when the resort came back up on the 6th, it was only the Magic Kingdom at Epcot that opened. You know, the... Because right. uh, the Animal Kingdom had like... Um tree branches down oh. for the landscaping yeah yeah that's the thing that people don't understand about animal kingdom and yeah they look at it they see the lush horticulture and that sort of thing and it's like okay yeah i get it it would take longer to clear the paths and walkways at that park get them safe for guests and that sort of thing but you don't get to do just that len you have to actually go into the animal enclosures and a in the case of kilimanjaro safari make mm -hmm. sure that you've got a clear path for those troop transports that they use but you also have to go through and inspect all of the trees to make sure that there's not something here that potentially is going to hurt an animal and so that really slowed down the progress there and then getting to the storm we'll be talking about today on the 26th we had Hurricane Jean, and all four parks closed on that day. Now, uh, it was one of the deadliest hurricanes uh, in the Atlantic ever recorded. Uh, caused near-record flooding as far north as West Virginia and New Jersey. And before it blew itself out, Len, Jean caused $7.5 billion worth of property damage in the continental United States. Amazing. 
when it made landfall on the night of September 25th, it came in at Hutchinson's Island, which is just east of Port St. Lucie in Florida, which was the exact same place that Hurricane Francis had come in just three weeks earlier. So this ain't my day. This ain't my day. They had literally taken the plywood off of their houses and were frantically putting it back up. So you can get why the folks in Florida, when they saw Gene headed their way after Francis, it's like, okay, this is not a drill. We just saw what it did in Haiti, which, which, by the way, over 3,000 people killed. Entire towns washed away by mudslides and that sort of thing. All right, this is not a drill. We just lost our citrus crop with Francis. We're shutting the state down. Which, when you're the Walt Disney World Resort and you have 30-plus hotels on site, you have a lot of guests who are now on property because they canceled their trip three weeks earlier for Francis. Right. Yeah, and now you have to get, they can't get flights out. Some of them don't have cars. It's a nightmare. What about, um, what do they do with Fort Wilderness? People who are camping. They politely go to every site and you leave documentation of the fact that there's a storm coming. We may need to evacuate you. But at the same time, you know, people are in the parks or they're they're out shopping and that sort of thing. They'll, They'll come back late at night and maybe not see this. So the next morning you have this dedicated team of cast members who are out there at five and six o'clock in the morning Start knocking on doors <laughs> yeah it's the effect of we're going to need to you to pack up and come with us in a lot of cases what they did is they found rooms for these folks in hotels on property but when they there weren't available hotel rooms then what they would do is they would just set up cots inside of the grand ballroom at the contemporary but what was interesting again is disney tried then to understand that you you basically destroyed somebody's vacation so you got to bury the needle in the other direction so there's there was this dedicated group of the zoo crew that would go over there with a van load of character costumes (laughs) and just basically spend hours out in the lobby playing with kids you know while the storm raged outside we're doing three shots a a night of uh, vaudeville with winnie the pooh there we go there we go (laughs) now there were also folks who were staying at the Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort and the All-Star that were evacuated to the Coronado and Yacht and Beach Club because of the possibility of flooding. So any idea which wings we're talking about here? So it had to be almost all of Caribbean Beach. Because if you think about Caribbean Beach, Mm -hmm. it's almost all of the buildings Mm -hmm. are situated around a lake. Mm And the way that the drainage works, there is vegetation um, on either side, basically tree stands Mm -hmm. that um, in normal times would absorb the water from, you know, regular rain. Mm -hmm. But those areas, and there are, I mean, you know, many square miles, they drain into the Caribbean Beach Lake Mm -hmm. as as runoff, right? Because the alternative is to put the runoff on like Buena Vista Drive or Epcot Center Drive, which you're not going to do. Right, mm-hmm. so they they point the runoff mm-hmm. towards the lake, and then the lake eventually spills into canals and Bonnet mm-hmm. Creek and stuff like that. Right. Okay. But remember, Caribbean Beach is two story buildings, mm-hmm. so it's not like you can evacuate them to a fourth story because the fourth story doesn't exist. Oh. And there's something like a dozen, maybe mm-hmm. fifteen buildings that are super close to the lake. Like mm-hmm. even if even if the land was tilted up a little mm-hmm. bit, mm-hmm. the ones closest to the lake are the ones at uh, the lowest sea level. So mm-hmm. that's the problem that you face at Caribbean Beach. My my guess is they probably evacuated everyone in from Caribbean Beach. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But again, we're concentrating on the resort side. And obviously as you mentioned, a lot of folks 
who are stuck in place who can't get flights out and mm-hmm. you know disney did what they could but we touched briefly on what was going on at, at like animal kingdom but mm-hmm. it's what they do at the parks you know oh, getting yeah. ready for a hard hurricane that's fascinating oh think about all the um think about all like the outdoor seating um oh. restaurant umbrellas you gotta you gotta pack in yeah yeah and there have been to date seven of these storms that have shut down the Disney World Resort. I said, in fact, I want to say the most recent one was Hurricane Dorian in 2019. Mm-hmm. What they will do is they, as you mentioned, they walk around the park and look at anything that could potentially become a missile in a hurricane yeah. force wind. So by now, Disney actually there's, there's had, a checklist. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> a checklist absolutely. Yeah. You know, they've got an emergency preparedness team that, for mm-hmm. example, they will gather up as many of the trash cans in one area of the park and lash them together. It's going to be one hell of a raft, Jim. There we go. There we go. Uh, Likewise, (laughs) at at the Magic Kingdom, uh, you know, a lot of the chairs and the seats get hauled down into the utilidors. Yeah. Over at Epcot, back when the Wonders of Life was up and running, they would just empty everything for Future World that was not tied down and bring it indoors there. Into that, yeah. It's a well-established procedure. The job, though, Len, that fascinated me is that they would tap a select number of Disney cast members, folks who'd been with the company a number of years, and offer them the opportunity to be part of the ride-out team. I would pay money to do this, Jim. I would be fascinated as well. You're a Disney cast member who's paid double time if you do the day shift, triple time if you do the nighttime shift, but you are- I would do it for free. There we go. Okay, (laughs) putting that in notice, folks. You had a call test with the next storm. But yeah, you, you sit inside the park, mind you, in- a position where you you are out of the weather, you're out of the wind, but you can- yeah, well, You're you in the Tomorrowland bathrooms, somewhere surrounded by concrete and secure. Yeah. But your job is to report back into the storm center to the effect of, okay, yeah. do, you, do you see any extensive damage? What is happening? Because the idea is that the second that the storm is over, the resort needs to know to prioritize, you know, to the effect yeah. of, okay, we got trees down, all over the hub we need to get yeah. horticulture over here because if we're going to get our most popular park open you know for all of the, the the guests that are staying at our 30 some odd you know on-site resorts we have to scramble people in the right direction and and yeah and there's a tree down on main street nobody's getting into the park until that's resolved right stuff like that that's it exactly yeah. and and we talked about you know the whole animal kingdom thing the the notion yeah. of that's that is still the most problematic park. And we are still quite a ways away from the 2022 hurricane season being over. Oh, yeah. It runs from June to November 30th, right, Len? And but, even, but even then, I mean, uh, the trend is for you know the waters to warm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think water warming is actually peaking right now. So it'll start cooling off. But you know, those are historical trends. You know, mm-hmm. who knows? Okay. The, you mentioned the interest, the, the thing about Animal Kingdom. I mean, I think one of the interesting things about that too is it's not only making sure the animals are safe, mm-hmm. but I mean that's a 500-acre park. You got to go around and make sure that mm-hmm. all of those fences are still in place. Oh yeah. Otherwise, it becomes like Jurassic Park. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, hey, has anyone seen the crocodiles? Did we have 20 or 21? Do you remember, Jim? Do you like it? We had 16, right? 15. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is a, a challenge. And it's worth noting that Hurricane Sandy, which uh, to date mm. it is the most costly damaging hurricane in, in U.S. history, $70 billion worth of damage that was 10 years ago. Sandy 
got started in late October and yeah. you really trashed the Eastern Seaboard in the first couple of days of November. So yeah. we ain't out of the woods yet. So long story short, Len, again, you know, just go out, buy some more plush, make an offering to the King Triton. You know, we don't don't want to tick that guy with the crown and the, the trident off. Okay, just saying. There may be human sacrifice in our, uh, in our future, we'll see. Okay. All right, folks, that's all the time we have today. Jim and I are giving out free ice cream at the Salt and Straw Shop in Disney Springs in like an hour. It's a pre-sailing event for tomorrow's Disney dish on the Disney Wish Cruise. And Jim, because we've just cursed ourselves talking mm-hmm. about hurricanes before getting on that ship, let me just say in what might be our last ever show, it's been an honor and a privilege, and I had fun. <laughs> but no, if we yeah. don't end up on a deserted island, you can help support our show and Jim Hill Media by subscribing over at DisneyDish.BandCamp.com. We will find exclusive shows never before heard on iTunes. Several new Bandcamp exclusives are available, including Epic Universe and Cars Land, and more are coming up. You can find more of Jim at JimHillMedia.com and more of me, Len, at TouringPlans.com. We're produced fabulously by Aaron Adams, who's bringing Uncle Kennesaw Adams' trusty mule snowball to the 33rd annual Pea Ridge Mule Jump. It's coming October 8th, 2022, in the field just behind the Pea Ridge City Court in beautiful downtown Pea Ridge, Arkansas. Thanks to listener Jimmy Shattuck for paying Snowball's entry fee for these events. While Aaron's doing that, please go into iTunes and read our show and tell us what you'd like to hear next. For Jim, this is Len. We will see you on the next show.